Welcome to Spy Academics, Episode 3, Game Studies. Hello and welcome to Spy Academics, an interview feature where we catch up with University of Sunderland expertise, researchers and academics. I'm Steph Barnsworth, I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Sunderland. My research is really on media and new ways of looking at social justice or basically people's bodies and how we think of bodies uh, by looking at how we interact with them through video games. I in particular look at characters which are defined as mutants or have been genetically altered in some way, mostly because that's a really popular science fiction trope right now. We've got loads of media about clones, even people who have been changed by things like zombie viruses would count as a mutant and you know the walking dead just the finish so we do love a good zombie or genetic engineering story in some way um it's quite interesting well for me whenever i talk about my phd because people get very confused because one they think it's a weird topic but two they have no idea how i got into it because my life is kind of zigged and zagged so my degrees are all completely different i did english literature um i then did a teaching course for secondary teaching english and i've also done a master's in journalism but I think in a way they do combine because when I did journalism and I did have my own magazine for a while, um, all of my work really focused on social justice. So I took that love of social justice and speaking to people who were very marginalised or maligned in society for one reason or another. And I really had a profound impact on me listening to them and their perspectives. And I basically took that knowledge and that kind of empathy that grew and applied that with literature theory and media studies to do the PhD. So in a weird way, it kind of makes sense to me, but a lot of people just get very confused by it. And they're like, oh my God, you you write about mutants and that's your work. And it's like, yeah. And I play games sometimes for work too. It, it's pretty fun. Yeah, that sounds like a good job. <laughs> sounds like one of the best jobs. So I wanted to get into the work, obviously, that you do. So an article on 2021, I read that you're a big part of a thing called Multiplay. So if you could tell us a wee bit about Multiplay, what it is and how it kind of started up. Yeah, so Multiplay was, it was basically what I think my PhD supervisor would say was an insane idea that I had, um, but he's kind of used them by now. Um, so basically when I started my PhD, I was really excited because I was like, I'm going to go to conferences, I'm going to talk to loads of people about video game studies, I'm going to be a total nerd for my job. But then partly because of the pandemic and partly because video game studies isn't as promoted within universities across the UK, I found actually, you know, I didn't have those events, but I knew loads of people who were interested in video game studies. So I thought, well, why don't I just do it myself? So through that, I made the network um, with the support of Tom Rogers through sociology um, and we called it Multiplayer. And it's a network that now has 200 members we have set up a democratic committee, so it's not just me making decisions, although I do badger them all day long. And we also have an editorial board, which I lead, which is specifically focused on getting books or journals published on video game studies. Next summer, we have a journal coming out celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the release of The Last of Us. Um, again, another zombie series that I love. Um, we've also got books coming up on gothic games, and we have a queer game study book as well, hopefully coming out next year. But mostly what we do is we organise conferences and events for people just to talk about video game studies. We've had about seven. We've got one coming up on the 1st of December about esports and the World Cup, as I am obsessed with football, which I'm very much looking forward to. But we've had events on everything from video game environments and space and place to queer studies. Um, so And we had a really big conference. Our first one was in January where we had over 300 people register online 
for an event that nobody had heard of us before. So to get that uptick was great. And it was just a, a general event on video game studies just to see what their interest was. And from that, everything really took off. And we are now making January our birthday event where we'll be hosting like full day conferences through the University of Sunderland where people can just come along and talk about video games in whatever capacity. That's cool. I'm, I might have to come along. Um, so obviously, going back to the first question and stuff, gaming is a, um, yeah. a big part of your life. So... Could you tell us why games and the entire world, the gaming, took your interest so much? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it also comes with the caveat that I was a really weird kid. I was not social. Um, I did have friends, but I would much prefer to play games and hang out with my friends as much as I love them. And I mean, no disrespect to them. Um, but I was just obsessed. I think the first video game I ever played was Mario Kart and it was actually uh, I was like four years old I think I had this crush on a boy and I went to his house and he showed me Mario Kart and I forgot he even existed and the only thing that I wanted to do was play video games which has said a lot about my life really um which I'm quite happy about um but yeah Pokemon became my next obsession through the Game Boy and it was just it was interesting to me in a world where I didn't always feel comfortable or like I had the kind of knowledge navigating the world I found out later that I have ADHD um, but I always just process things a little bit differently I felt a bit out of step in the world but if I put a video game on I could lose myself for hours forgetting to eat forgetting to drink not always the healthiest but it it was really fun and I had a really supportive mother growing up where if ever school became too overwhelming for me like she made sure that my grades were all fine and good and I was always you know supported with education as much as possible which is how I'm doing the PhD now but if ever it all became too much for me, like a primary school, she would take me out of school and be like, okay, I'm staying off work. We're having a gaming day. And she would play with me to make sure and really cultivate that love. So, you know, whenever I finish the PhD, hopefully next year, she'll be like the first one mentioned in the acknowledgements pages. So it was really from that. And I think a lot of people connect with video games in that way. It's our escape, whether it's from, you know, a very long shift at work, um, whether it's connecting through teaching our children to play or you know connecting with our families and playing the you know Mario and Sonic at the Olympics at a party with your friends whatever it is video games are the thing that bring us together or if we need to escape the world they can also offer that so it's almost a solitary experience when we need just to be with our own heads for a bit. I, I play a lot of games myself I used to play a lot more but um, recently I've kind of got away from them but like games like Shadow of the Colossus I, I just lost Excellent. myself. And, yeah, yeah it was absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. Um, so a bit of an interesting question and a wee bit like away from um, I suppose you um, so the older generation say obviously that video games are like a waste of time or it's um, the mindset of the youth is getting corrupted by video games and stuff so what's your thoughts on that negative mindset on video games I, th I think it's really unfair I think interestingly I think those gender perspectives are well those age perspectives are going to change soon because if you think about video games it was really the 70s and 80s and, and our kids where it started off but now those people are starting to enter the older stages in life so in in a couple of decades are older people really going to say that probably is not because they've grown up with games themselves and probably has been avid gamers you know my mum is an avid gamer in her 60s um so I do think that perspective will change. It is the dominant narrative right now. Of course, the WHO has warned that video games can be addictive and to limit time that children play with them. But, you know, on the other hand, there's also been breakthroughs. Like in America, there is a treatment that's being offered for children with ADHD to help them concentrate. And a video game has specifically been offered as a prescription medication to help children with ADHD be able to focus because it's been designed with their needs in mind. So I think... 
Unfortunately, the conversation and the discourse around it, particularly from certain bodies, really ignores the fact that video games can have a really good impact. So the last section um, is called Five Fire. So it's a bit of fun, nice way to end the, the interview. Um, there's five quickfire questions, pretty much just answer as fast as possible and yeah. Perfect, throw them at me. Perfect. So, number one is the best games console of all time. PlayStation 3. Perfect. Best game of all time? Mass Effect 2. Game you thought you'd like, but didn't? Ooh. I'm going to say The Elder Scrolls. Oh, really? I want to dive into that a wee bit more. Why is that? Well, to be honest, I've downloaded it again because it's free on PlayStation this month, and that's why it popped into my head first. There's a lot of games I've, I've played that just haven't quite hit for me because I'm very fussy. But I think because there's just so much to do and there's so much fun in there to be had. But almost because of that, it overwhelmed me a little bit. And I just need... I, I, I Through that, it was great because I discovered I like more linear games where I always thought I liked open world games. But that kind of... It was a little bit of a revelationary moment for me. It's a bit the same as Horizon Zero Dawn. I thought I would absolutely love that. It has robot dinosaurs. But it just had a bit too much grind for me, a bit too much open world. Mm. Interesting. Um, okay. Favourite song or soundtrack from a game? Oh, Cyberpunk 2077's soundtrack is... like I listen to it all the time, especially at the gym. It it gets me through life. Yeah, I've got it in my playlist as well. It's so good. It's amazing. It's, it's I, I actually... The game is really good now with its fixes. I, mm. I love it and I have a kit for people playing it, but that soundtrack is definitely one of the best elements. I could just drive in those cars for hours. It's just so fun. It is so good. Um, and last question. Your favourite video game character of all time? Oh, Miranda Lawson, Mass Effect 2. The perfect post-human, genetically altered character who basically inspired me to do my entire PhD in the first place. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. That was great. Thank you for listening. Join us next time where we will be bringing you another Sparkademic. Thank you for listening to Sparkademics. This series is produced by Mariam Al-Mahamid and Endurance Udo. Music by Sean Boyle. This episode is presented by Sean Boyle. And a special thanks to our guest, Steph Farnsworth. For more episodes of Sparkademics, visit our website sparksunderland.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>